Father, I thank you for this opportunity to have this um, great church service where we get to study your word and we get to learn these great songs and your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our hearts and our eyes and our minds to understand this lesson from these characters, these men that lived so long ago that we find in the Bible. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each one of us and help us learn what we need to do to be able to build and to grow in your kingdom. Pray that if there's any kid or any adult that doesn't know you as Savior, that you would convict them of sin and your righteousness and, Lord, the judgment to come, and that you would work in their hearts that they would be saved. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, today's lesson is from the book of Ezra. What book of the Bible? Ezra. What book of the Bible? Ezra. Ezra. The book of Ezra. And our story comes from Ezra chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Well, about 70 years before the story starts in the book of Ezra, <clears throat> there was a wicked king whose name was? Anybody remember? Who was that? Nebuchadnezzar. And what did Nebuchadnezzar do? He came and he attacked the city of Jerusalem. You remember? He attacked the city of Jerusalem and he took a whole bunch of people to be his slaves. And he took them away to his kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. Well, 20 years later, he came back. And the same year that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the, in the fiery furnace, that year he came back to Jerusalem and he burned down the temple and he took the furniture and he took the pots and he took the pans and he took the forks and he took the shovels and he took all of the gold and the brass, all of those things, the candlesticks, the table of showbread. He took these things from God's house and he took them to Babylon and he put them in the house of his gods to worship his gods with. Well, then what happened later? We've already studied this. That was a man by the name of Cyrus. He was the emperor of Persia and he worked together with the Medes and they attacked Babylon and they attacked when his when Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, was ruling over the kingdom, and they attacked, and they took over Babylon. And so we had a new world empire that reached all the way from Ethiopia down here to India over here to Greece up here. There was a huge kingdom, and it covered the land of Israel right down here. And so, well, this Cyrus was ruling, and there was a man by the name of, anybody remember who this was? Daniel. Daniel was a very old man by now, and Daniel was now serving Cyrus, the new king of Persia. But Cyrus, this is actually an etching from Persia that was on a wall there. Persia had the new king Cyrus. Well, Cyrus was a very kind man. He was a good emperor in many ways. In fact, people who had been taken away by the Babylonians and by the Assyrians, he wanted to let those people start going back to their homelands. And he wanted to preserve their culture to where they could live life like they used to do before the Babylonians invaded. Well, when he first became king, early on in his ruling over Babylon, he made a decree. He made a decree that all of the Jews were welcome to go home. In fact, he wanted some of them, at least some of them, to go home so they could rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. In fact, 
Cyrus said, God has spoken to me, and God has told me that I am responsible for the building of the temple in Jerusalem. So he gave them money. He gave them gold. He gave them silver. He gave them the things they needed. And then he told them, he said, I want y'all to start going. And well, they began to read the decree around Persia to the Jews that you're welcome to go home. And the Bible says in Ezra chapter one, that the Holy Spirit began to work in the hearts of the Jewish people. And God began to stir up some of them, making them unsettled. They just couldn't stay in Persia anymore. They weren't happy there. That wasn't where God wanted them. And some of them began to listen to God's Holy Spirit. And so they started getting ready to go back home. Well, one of the things he told the Persian people, he said, I want you to be generous and help the Jews go back. So everybody freely give to the Jews gold and silver and clothes, things that they'll need when they get back to their homeland. And so people began to give. But Cyrus said, I want you to go to Babylon, and I want you to go into the house of Nebuchadnezzar's God, and I want you to take the gold and the silver and those precious things that he brought from Jerusalem that he stole from God's house. I want you to go and get those things and give it to the rulers of Israel so they can take it back and use it in worshiping God. So they began to gather the things. Some of the priests began to work and gather the things to take them back to Israel. God began to work in their hearts. And there was four men especially that God began to raise up to be the rulers and to be the leaders of God's people. The first was a man by the name of Zerubbabel. What was his name? Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel, he was chosen to be the political ruler. He was like a governor, and he was responsible to oversee the trip on the way home back to Israel. He was responsible to lead the people and to help the people build the building of God's house and to build the altar. He was responsible for a lot of the leadership and leading the people, much like Moses and Joshua had been in old times. Well, then there was a second man. His name was Jeshua. And in another book of the Bible, he's called Joshua. So Joshua or Jeshua, it's the same name. It actually means savior. And he was the high priest. And so he was supposed to be like the pastor. He would lead in worship. When they got back and they started rebuilding the temple and they went to worship again, Jeshua or Joshua would be responsible to lead the people in worship. But there were two other men who aren't mentioned at this part of the story, but we know that they went back. They were part of this group. One of them, his name is Haggai. Haggai was a prophet of God. He was a preacher of God. And his responsibility was to go and keep the people accountable and make sure they were obeying God. And a second prophet whose grandpa also went back, his name was Edu. Edu, can you imagine? Hey, Grandpa Edu. But both Zechariah and his grandpa Edu went from Babylon back to their homeland. And Zechariah's job was also to preach to the people and to keep them encouraged to obey God if they got discouraged. Well, these men led the children of Israel back. Zerubbabel began to lead the group. If we go here from the capital, okay, here's some cities, here's Babylon. They had to stop, remember, and gather up the things from, that had come from the house of God. And they traveled this northern route. It was a long route, some 1,000 miles. 
The Bible says that they took horses and they took donkeys and they took mules and they also took camels. They took 435 camels. And so they didn't all have to walk. They didn't have to carry all of the stuff, but it was a long, long trip. But you know, there were thousands and thousands of Jews living in Babylon or Persia, as it's called now, but only 42,000 of them went back. Uh, That was a small group compared to how many were there. But that 42,000 decided they were going to O-B-E-Y. What does that spell? Obey. They chose to obey God. God, the Holy Spirit, began to convict their hearts. You need to go. You need to go. Go to Jerusalem. And so 42,000 of them decided they were going to obey God, and they were going to go back. Well, when they got there, there they saw Jerusalem on the hill, and it was just rubble. The walls of the city had been knocked down, and it was just in piles. The temple had been burned, and there's just piles of rubble left is all it is. They had a lot of work to do. But the first thing they had to do was they had to get ready to build because it was time to build God's house. So they get there, and the first thing they tell them to do, they said, we need to take up an offering. So they said, we want you to give freely, because remember the Babylonians, or the Persians rather, had given the Jews stuff to bring back. And so they said, we want you to come, and we want you to give. And so they had an opportunity to give. They had an opportunity to give gold and silver, and they could bring clothes for the priest to wear. They had to wear white white robes. And so they began to come back and get ready. So I need um, Jeshua and um, I need Jeshua, the high priest, and Zerubbabel to come on up here. And Jeshua and Zerubbabel are going to get ready to take up the offering. So now I want you to imagine that it's offering day. You get the chance to give, to be a giver. And so y'all can come right up here to the center. And what we're going to do, if you have gold, anything gold under your chair. You can look now under your chair. And if you have gold under your chair, follow Miss Julie on this side, girls over here, and then guys over here, follow Miss Joanna, and y'all come up here, and you you can come to the side too, and y'all put it in the baskets. They gathered up gold. If you have gold, bring the gold, not the silver yet, not the silver yet, So they brought their gold, and they got ready so they could use it in the temple. Well, then those who had silver brought their silver. If you've got silver, bring your silver. It doesn't matter. So they brought the gold. They brought the silver. And then they also brought fabric to make the priest's garments out of, the priest's robe. So if you've got white fabric under your table, or under your chair, rather, bring it up and put it in the offering plate, or the offering basket, rather. So they gathered up the gold and the silver and the clothes, the fabrics, and they had what they needed to get started. So... What do you think they did? Thank you, Jeshua and Zerubbabel. Y'all can put that right over here on the stage. 
So they took the, they took the money that had been collected, and of course the, the cloth they could make robes for the priests out of, but then they could take that gold and silver, and they could use it to melt down for stuff in the temple, but they could also use it to, and the money that had been sent by Cyrus, they could use it to order materials. So they ordered materials from other countries. Y'all send us the wood we need. Y'all send us the supplies we need. We're going to buy supplies to build God's house. But the next thing they did, so number one, they gave. What did they do, number one? They gave. What did they do, number one? They gave. Number two, it was time to worship God. Before they even built the temple, they wanted to worship God. So they came together and they started to build the altar. So I need Joshua and our Jeshua and Zerubbabel back up here again. And then each one of you kids follow either Miss Julie or Miss Joanna. They'll take you up one by one and you can get a brick and you can bring it over here and we're going to build an altar. No, girls, sit right here. Sit right here. Y'all wait one, one at a time. Come on over. Okay, so we can get started here building this. Now let's put it right over here. Okay, yeah, there you go. Just like that. Just like that. No, let's see. Right like that. There we go. Okay, thank you, ladies. Y'all keep coming. Guys and gals, bring your bricks. And we will build. Look, if we put this one right here and this one right here, and then we can put yours in the middle. Right, right like that. And then yours right here. And then yours right here. Right like that. Okay. Y'all keep bringing bricks, and we're going to build this altar. They would build altars in those days. They would build the altar. They would build it up. And then they would take an animal. And they would sacrifice the animal. The animal, sorry, the animal's blood would be shed on the altar. Now, can anybody guess? What did the animal that died on the altar, what did it represent? Who did it represent? It represented Jesus. That's correct. Because Jesus would die on the cross and he would shed his blood to pay for our sins. So let's bring a couple more. There we go. This is perfect. Has it, have y'all gotten to do it yet? Okay, very good. So they built an altar and they began to worship. Now, again, why did they do this? To worship God. Why did God have them worship? By killing an animal on the altar? Y'all can go ahead and get the rest and just finish building it up. Why would they do that? What did the animal represent? That Jesus would die and shed his blood for our sins because we're sinners. Those Jewish people knew that they were sinners. They had disobeyed God and 70 years earlier, they had been taken away into Babylon. But now they're back home. They're thanking God for bringing them back. And so they build an altar and they kill the animal. Why did they do it? To show us that one day Jesus would come and he would die on the cross to pay for our sins. So the first thing the Jews did when they got back home was what? Number one, they, what did they do? They gave. And that's part of our worship is when we give. Number one, they what? Gave. Number two, they built an altar. So we would say number two, they worshiped and proclaimed Christ. Can you say that? They worshiped and proclaimed Christ. So to proclaim Christ means to tell 
about Jesus, what he did for us on the cross. And so every time they came to that altar and every time they offered an animal on the sacrifice, they were reminding that one day the Son of God would come and die on the cross to pay for their sins. And you know what? About about 500 years later, there was a baby born in Bethlehem, and his name was Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. The Jews had to come home and resettle in Jerusalem so that Jesus could be born in Bethlehem. And so Jesus could die on on a cross outside the city wall. So the Jews came back, and they built the altar. First of all, they gave. Number two, they worshiped and proclaimed Christ. Thank you, men, very much. And then, after they built the altar, they began to lay the foundation. What do you have to do before you build a building? What you got to have? You got to lay a foundation. Today, we would pour cement, right? And we'd get it ready. Well, they got the foundation of the temple ready. They were so excited on the day they finished the foundation that they held a big celebration. They had the big altar, see, way bigger than ours. They had a big altar, and they got the priests to line up playing trumpets. And they began to sing, and they began to shout, and they were having so much fun. God had brought them back, and they're getting ready to build the temple. They began to shout so loud that people from far away could hear all the shouting on top of Mount Zion in Jerusalem. But something else started happening that day. There weren't just the young men shouting, but the old men. The Bible says the ancient men. The ones that had been in Jerusalem 50 years ago before the temple was destroyed. The ones that had seen the big, beautiful, golden temple that Solomon had built they realized we're not as rich as we were in the days of Solomon. We don't have all the big supplies that we used to have. We don't have as much gold. We don't have as much silver. The building's going to be a lot smaller than the first one. It's not going to be as pretty as the first one. Things aren't going to be as grand as the first one. And the old men began to cry. And they didn't cry just a little bit. The Bible says the old men cried so loud that they could hear them from afar off and they couldn't tell the difference from the young men that were shouting and the old men that were weeping. But even though that was a day of both sadness and joy, of excitement and a little disappointment, and the preacher Haggai, a few days later, he would stand up and preach them a sermon And he would remind them they didn't need to worry about the old days, but they needed to rejoice that God was doing a new thing in his land. That it wasn't a time to weep. It was a time to rejoice. Well, they started building the temple walls. But as they start building, somebody showed up. These men come up and they said, hello, brothers. We live in this land, and we worship your God just like you do. And we want to help you build. But brothers Zerubbabel and Brother Jeshua were too smart to fall for that. They knew these men were the enemies of God. And all they wanted to do was show up on the construction site and do a little sabotage. 
They were going to mess things up. They were going to slow down the building. They were going to get up there and they'd start building on the temple. And all of a sudden they'd be up there building one day and have their hammer going. Man, this is hard work, isn't it? I'm so tired of hearing brothers at Rebel tell us, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Don't you get tired of hearing that old man tell us what to do? And before long, the Jews would start listening to him. They'd say, you know what? I don't like Zerubbabel telling me what to do. I don't like old Jeshua telling us we ought to worship God. I can worship whatever God I want. In fact, I was whittling last night, and I whittled this funny little creature, and I want to start praying to him. They knew that these two bad guys, they were going to try to convince the people to stop building and to worship other gods. They knew they were the enemies. And these men, they told them, they said, you have no part with us. You can't help us build the house. But the men kept griping. And you know what the Jews started doing? They started getting discouraged. <sighs> this is hard work. Now we got these guys that are causing problems. You know what? And now they're going to tell on us. They're going to tell the government that we're building the house of God. And the government might make us stop. So they all decided to leave the city and go to their own homes and start building themselves homes. And they started building themselves really pretty homes. And for the next 15 years, they weren't building the temple. In fact, Brother Haggai, in his book of the Bible, the book of Haggai, Brother Haggai said, you have worked so hard, you have sealed houses. That means that they had sealed up the house where when the wind blew, the wind wouldn't come through. It was all closed in. And if you had a sealed house in that day, you had a fancy house. So Brother Haggai was saying, y'all been working hard building yourselves fancy houses, and you haven't built God's house. Well, guess what happened? The end of 15 years, God told Brother Haggai and Brother Zechariah, enough. It's time for you to go start telling the people to build. So Brother Haggai was the first one. He stood up and he started preaching to the people. He started preaching to them. And when he started preaching, he started telling them what they needed to do. Brother Zechariah, a couple days later, Brother Zechariah started preaching. And they started telling them, you say it's not time to build the house of God? Yes, it is. Start building. In fact, Brother Haggai gave a very simple message. Well, Jeshua and Zerubbabel, they started taking responsibility. They took leadership and they started getting the people together and getting organized and start building the house. Brother Haggai gave him some very specific instructions. Let me read to you part of his sermon. He said, go up to the mountains. Number one, go up to the mountains. And number two, bring wood. And number three, build the house. It's that simple. He said, go to the mountain, get the wood, and build the house. Because up on the north side of Israel was a mountain range. And in the mountain range, there were some really high mountains. It was going to be hard work. This right here, the baskets over here, that represents that we're supposed to be givers. This represents that we're supposed to worship and proclaim Christ. But this right here represents that we're supposed to be hard workers. What did he tell them to do? 
He said, go to the mountain. That wasn't a short trip. It's going to take them a couple days just to get up on the mountain, maybe more than a couple. And they had to get up on the mountain and they had to get wood and start cutting down the trees. That, those mountain ranges north of Jerusalem or north of Israel were known for their really big trees. He said, you get up there and you cut down the trees and you bring them into town and you build the house. They needed to start doing hard work. Did you know sometimes it's not easy working for God? Sometimes it's not always fun. Sometimes it is just simply hard work. Working for God is not always easy. It's often hard. So Brother Haggai said, you get out there and you work. Well, do you think it was easy? They started working, and no sooner had they started working. I mean, it's been 15 years. You'd think the enemies of God were done by now, right? Nope. 15 years later, they started building, and who showed up? Oh, a couple more bad guys. And they came up and said, who gave you authority to build this house? We want the names right now, right now. Give us a list of the names of the people building this house. Why do you want names? Because I'm going to go tell on you. And so these bad guys, they said, we want the list of the names because we're going to go back to Persia, and we're going to tell the king. They had a new ruler in Persia. It's their third ruler now, and this is a man by the name of Darius. What is his name? It's a different Darius than was in the book of Daniel. He, he was earlier, and he just ruled over part of the province, but now this man, Darius, he is the new ruler because Cyrus is dead. Another guy whose name I can't say ruled after him. And then the third one is Darius. And Darius is ruling. And they said, we're going to go tell Darius because we don't believe that Cyrus really told you to build this house. Y'all are a bunch of troublemakers. You Jews are always causing problems and you're building your big cities and we're not going to let you do it. But do you think the Jews stopped this time? They said, you tattle all you want. You tell the king all you want. But King Cyrus told us we could build and God has told us to build. And the Bible says the eyes of God were on the men of Israel. And so they didn't stop building. They just kept doing hard work. The men kept working and they kept building. Well, the word got to Cyrus. These men went all the way to Persia. Boy, talk about tattletales. They went all the way to Persia. That's right, men at work. Well, they went to Persia and they tattled to Darius. Well, Darius looked at, the looked at the letter that they had written and he read it and he thought, well, I don't know. Maybe Cyrus didn't tell the Jews to do this. I want to find out. So he told his scribes, he said, I want you to go into all of our libraries, all the way up into Babylon. Look in the Babylonian libraries. Look in the libraries in the, where, what used to be the Medan, Medio Empire. I want you to go to the Medes. Go to all the big libraries and see if you can find any document that King Cyrus said that it was okay to build a temple at Jerusalem. Well, they started looking. They started searching. And sure enough, they got to the palace in the capital city of the, where had once been the Medio Empire. When the Medes and Persians got together, you know? Well, the Medes side, at their capital, they found in one of their libraries, they found a declaration that had been written by King Cyrus. And the declaration said, I, Cyrus, God told me 
to build the temple at Jerusalem and you're to use the government money and you're to go and you're to help them and they're allowed to do this. Well, King Darius heard all that. And when he heard it, he heard how that Cyrus had even given money to help and he wasn't going to be outdone. He said, wait, 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 wait. I tell you what, you go back there and you tell those Jews that they better get busy building that house. In fact, Cyrus isn't going to get outdo me. He said, I want you to start collecting the tax money from around Jerusalem. It was the tax money they kept, took from the people, the locals, not from their citizens. He said, you take all that tax money and you start giving it to them to help them build the house better. And when they're ready to offer sacrifices, you give them cows, you give them sheep, you give those Jews anything they need. Because maybe if they do this, they'll start praying for me and God will bless me. And they'll start praying for my sons. So I want the Jews on my side because I think their God will listen to them. So you go back and tell them. Oh, and by the way, guys, if anybody tries to stop the Jews from building the temple, they're to be killed. And I want you to tear down their house and you build a scaffolding out of their house timbers and you hang the men dead that tried to stop the Jews. Well, who are these men that the king's talking to? These are the guys trying to stop the Jews. Well, boy, they cleaned up their business real quick. All of a sudden, they became good friends to the Jews, and they're going to help the Jews build the temple. Because if not, they're going to get killed by Darius. So they hurry back to Jerusalem. Well, when they get to Jerusalem, what do they find the Jews doing? They weren't waiting for Darius to tell them to build. God told them to build. And so now they are O-B-E-Y. They're obeying God and they are working hard and they are building the house of God. Well, the men got back from the ruler and they read the declaration. And of course, it's really exciting, but it didn't affect the Jews that much because they were already building. They were already working. They had cut the timber themselves. In fact, the house is going to be more special now because they cut it themselves. They brought the wood to town themselves. They had invested their own work into God's house. And it was going to mean so much more. Well, the day came that the temple was built. The temple was finished. They threw a big celebration. They sang praise to God. They worshiped God. They praised him. They declared God's word. They celebrated that God's house was finally finished. But there's three things we've taken from this. Three things we can apply to our lives. Three things we can do on a daily basis to build God's kingdom. Number one is, if you can read, read that with me. Ready? Be be what? Be Be givers. God wants every one of us to be givers. You don't have to have a lot of money to be a giver. You don't have to have silver or gold or priest robes. At home, you can give obedience to your parents. You know what that means? When your mom tells you to clean the room, what should you do? clean the room. When your dad says, go pick up the garage, what do you do? Go pick up the garage. The Bible says, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with thy might. God wants us to be givers. And when we start giving a good attitude, we start giving generosity, we start giving kindness to our brothers and sisters, God is going to be pleased. Number two, what should we do? We should be worshipers by doing what? proclaiming Christ. How do we do that? That means that, that we, we tell other people about Jesus, that Jesus died for them, that he was buried and that he rose again from the dead. So we, number one, we need to be 
givers. Number two, we need to be worshipers by doing what? Proclaiming Christ. And then number three, we need to be workers. I quoted it just a minute ago. What does the Bible verse say? Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. Do it with your whole heart. So you can obey God by obeying your parents when your dad tells you to go out and clean the garage. How many of you enjoy cleaning the garage? I don't really enjoy it. I'm glad y'all do, but I don't really enjoy it. But if your dad tells you to do it, if you remember, I'm not doing it for dad. I'm doing it for Jesus because he told me to obey my dad. And if I do the garage and I clean it and I clean it good and I have a good attitude, Jesus is going to be happy with me. So I can be happy. You know what? About almost seven years ago now, so yeah, almost seven years ago now, God gave me a new assignment in life. God told me I was supposed to come from Louisiana and come at work at North Belt Baptist Church. And I don't mind using the word work because that's what God calls it. And while I'm here, as long as God has my assignment to be at North Belt Baptist Church, I'm supposed to be doing these three things. I'm supposed to be a giver. I'm supposed to proclaim. And I'm supposed to be a worker. I'm supposed to work hard. And every one of you and every one of the adults too, God has placed us somewhere. All you kids, God's placed you at home with your parents. So right now, what should you be doing? You should be giving obedience to your parents, right? Kindness to your brothers and sisters, not fighting with them, not arguing with them, not pinching your little sisters, but giving kindness to them. That's where you can be a giver today. You can proclaim Christ by show, acting like Jesus would act. Would Jesus be mean to his little brothers? No. Would Jesus talk back to Mary? Would Jesus look at Mary and say, I don't want to take out the trash. You do it. Ask my brother. Go make James do it. Do you think that's what Jesus would say? No, he would obey. So be like Jesus. When you are like Je acting like Jesus, you're proclaiming Jesus to others through your actions. And then number three, wherever you are, if you're at home and one of your jobs is to wash the dishes, what should you do? Wash them really good. Wash them good and fast and get it done. Do your job because as Christians, we are supposed to be workers. You know what? How many of you, Miss um, Joanna and Miss um, Julie, could y'all get the baskets ready? How many of you would say today, I want to be a worker for God? I want to be a builder for God. So I'm going to try to learn to be a giver. If God will help me, I'll be a giver and just start this week being a giver. Remember the baskets, be a giver. Number two, I'm going to tell other people about Jesus. Will y'all say that to God? You want to be a builder for God? Very good. You've done it before. Keep doing it. Are you going to be a worker? Are you just going to obey God? And whatever it is, if it's an assignment to clean the bathroom, I've seen some of you kids here during the week helping clean the church. That's one way that you're a worker in God's church. So whatever God gives you to do, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it good? Now, if, you're, if you want to do these three things, I want you to raise your hand. 
Okay, well, you're going to be a worshiper. You're going to be a giver. Okay, well, I think everybody raised their hands. So we've got some buttons here, like I'm wearing right here. And it says, time to build. At the top, it says North Belt Baptist Church. And then underneath it, it has our memory verse, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. So each one of you kids get a button, but don't start sticking them on yet because I don't want blood gushing everywhere as you stick yourself. So y'all can, ladies, y'all can pass out to our worker volunteers that are going to go home this week and be givers and be proclaimers and be workers. So all of our builders get buttons. And next week, we're going to do this again. So next week, be sure and wear your buttons to church. When I get home, I'm going to take it off of my shirt and I'm going to put it on my suit. So next week, I can wear it. Next Sunday morning, I'll be wearing my button. <clears throat> Very good. You're going to wear your suit with your button on it? So are we going to do these things for God? Well, why don't we pray right now and let's tell that to God. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this lesson, Lord. I thank you for these 42,000 Jews that obeyed you. And Lord, I just pray that you would help every one of us to obey. Your word says obedience is better than sacrifice. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help every one of us, no matter what it is, no matter where our assignment is, that we would be happy where you put us, we would be obedient to follow you, and we would be givers. Lord, help each one of these kids remember this lesson this week, remember the gold and the silver and the clothes, and remember that they're supposed to be givers. Lord, help every one of us to remember this week that we're supposed to proclaim Christ. And Lord, help every one of us this week to be hard workers wherever you put us, to have a good attitude and do our best for you. And I pray that you would help every one of us as we follow you and obey you, that you would help us to grow in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> well.